Hi there. I'm very excited about my guest, but before I get to my guest, I have a little message from our sponsor. Hi there. I just discovered this amazing curricula called IQ Weather. Why the weather? Well, the weather is something we can touch and feel and understand, but more than that, it's actually a combination of, a mul of multiple different sciences like um, physics, chemistry, geology, geography, oceanography, astronomy, and tectonics. In fact, meteorology is actually the combination of all of those sciences. So why did they create IQ Weather? To roll all those sciences into one easy and fun curriculum that kids can understand. They can go at their own pace and you'll be amazed at how much they learn and how much they retain because it's actually something that's meaningful to them. So go to IQ Weather today, IQWeather.com, and don't forget to use the promo code SAM for a 15% discount, okay? IQWeather.com with the promo code SAM. All right, thanks for listening and enjoy studying science. And welcome to the Sam Sorbo Show. I'm excited to welcome uh, a guest to the show. A longtime friend, Lucas Miles, wrote this book, Woke Jesus. And we are going to have a, a fascinating conversation today about the wokeism that has now infected the American church and actually the church worldwide, right? So Lucas Miles, thank you so much for joining me. Um, uh, why don't why don't we start there? Why don't you talk about how how prevalent do you think wokeism is in the church, and in and and where? And then we'll yeah. go into sort of the the genesis of it and all that other good stuff. Absolutely, Sam. Thanks for having me on the show. Love your program and just all that you're covering. I think it's it's these topics are so important. Um, you know this uh, this issue of wokeism is very prevalent. Now, depending on which part of the country you live in. Um, it might be uh, increasingly difficult to find a church near you that's not woke or hasn't been, in, you know, uh, affected by this at some level. I always try to help people understand that wokeism is a spectrum. Uh, progressive Christianity is a spectrum. I'm not going to put, you know, Mayor Pete Buttigieg at the same place that I would put, say, Beth Moore. Um, but but they've both entered into that spectrum. And so when we're talking about how have churches been affected, I think there's a lot of pastors that don't even know they've been affected by wokeism or critical race theory or liberation theology, but they've grabbed hold of some of these tenets. They think they're preaching the gospel uh, when, in fact, they've been influenced by really heretical views. Uh, if you're in major city markets, you know, L.A., New York, it's going to be tough today to find a church that's still preaching the word of God. It's not impossible, but you're going to have to do your homework. Uh, hopefully, you know, in more Bible Belt, uh, you know, Middle America, Midwest, it's a little bit easier. But but so many denominations have been affected by this. You you can never take anything for granted just because it has a particular denomination uh, name on the sign that what you're going to find is the gospel inside. Yeah, you know, I I just um, launched a movie called Irreligious Nation. It's a short documentary about a trip that uh, that we led to Israel, talking, sort of delving into how important is faith today. And of course, wokeism is this ideology that you don't need faith, that you yeah. can have faith in yourself and yourself alone, and that's enough. And your truth is your truth, and the heck with everybody else, kind of thing. Um, so. So, so we, we delve into that in this and in all of these interviews that I've been doing to promote it, I call on pastors to take roles of leadership. We've lost leadership in the, yeah. in the church. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, I think that, uh, I think that pastors are, 
I never want to, I don't like to talk about them collectively because I think, you know, everybody's at a different place, but certainly there are those pastors who are in the fight. You know, they're, they're locked arms with us. They know what the problem is. They're preaching the gospel. They're speaking out against these things. And, and I'm very thankful for uh, um, my brothers and sisters in Christ that are, that are standing firm still. I think we also have a group of pastors who have, um, you know, they, they are on the side of truth but they are have have not been able to muster up the courage to be bold about these things. They're afraid of, of maybe splitting their church. Uh, um, you know, they're doctrinally, they would agree with everything that I might teach or write about, uh, but they're afraid. And they might be in markets where there's the the church demographics are a lot different. And I'm trying to kind of come alongside of those pastors to give them resources and encouragement and and to to build their confidence on these issues. I see them like Gideon in the in the the wine press hiding out, you know, and I think that they they need to hear the Lord say, you know, rise up, you valiant warrior. You know, you got work to do. Uh, and of course, there's other other pastors that they've they've abandoned the cause. They're still using the name clergy or pastor, uh, but what they're doing is not ministry, and they are promoting and really becoming a mouthpiece for the radical left and for uh, you know um, all sorts of uh, uh, antithetical uh, um, ideas to scripture that they're promoting. Yeah, it's amazing how many different names, wokeism, progressivism, communism, socialism, Marxism, right? It's amazing how yeah. it has just all of these different names, like Beelzebub, uh, uh, Baal, uh, right? <laughs> it, it's that, it's that um, you know, it's kind of that octopus that... Uh, uh, that, <laughs> the that, hydra? That, yeah, the hydra, all these different arms and tentacles to it. And and oftentimes those things don't even recognize that they're working together. You know, critical race theory and 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 critical queer theory don't necessarily have the the same structure to them but they often find themselves you know uh, um you know they're ideologically the exact same thing they're just different focuses and so they're coming from that same root um uh that that's really all of this that that marxist substructure that that's kind of arising out of yeah so i've got the book here and you really should pick up a copy because it's it's fantastic mine is signed i don't know if you'll be able to get one that's signed but mine's signed um, and you've got so many great people, staunch leaders in the, uh, I would say, the conservative church movement. I don't I don't want to put a political spin yeah. on it, but of course, everything is politics. Let's be yeah. honest. Right. Um, you've got you've got Dr. Jim Garlow, who's a favorite of mine. You've also got Dave Diaz, who's the chairman of Foundations of Freedom. He's staunch. He says every conservative Christian, Catholic and Jewish thought leader in this nation needs to read this book. And I believe that that is true. But also you've got um, Rick Green and Lance Walno in here. If the subject of being woke is confusing to you, take heart. You're not alone. Woke Jesus, that's this book, will wake you up to what's going on like no other book. So you go through and you basically break it down for people so they can understand and hopefully recognize in their church that that their church has been infected perhaps with this this anti-christian it's an anti-christian ideology yeah. that's yeah. what it is it's anti-truth it's anti-christian uh, you know i i just but it's it's amazing how easily deceived we are so can you go through some you know some of the examples that you yeah. that you give and 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 give us sort of a little um a crash course in recognizing it for ourselves so we don't get deceived because of course it says and we're not talking end times but of course everybody's sort of bringing that up these days um you know the the truth will be the lie and the lie will will be seen as truth and people will be deceived right yeah 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 
you know, I, I always tell people, I don't know if this is the end times or not, but it's the times and we need to learn how to walk through that <laughs> and stay faithful, you know, in that time period. And so, um, you know, first off, I, I, I thank you for pointing out some of those endorsements. I've been just blessed to have some amazing people such as you and your husband in my corner over the years. And uh, yeah, where's uh, my you know, endorsement? I didn't see it in uh, here. Well, yeah, we're going to have to, we'll, we'll, we'll have to make sure that that gets added in. So mine's right uh, now. But, You're getting it right now. Live. <laughs> well, it's that's, better. Hey, that's even better. I'll take it. I will take it. No, you and Kevin have been incredible. I know we've been able to work on, you know, several films and stuff in the past. And I uh, just always love seeing you guys and and just love the, you guys have, you know, uh, you know, you've, you've been on the front lines like pastors. You've had to do, take that risk. You know, I, I lost, I lost 50% of my church in 2016 when I really started standing up for these, uh, for these ideas. And, and, you know, I know that you guys have those same stories with the losses that you've taken and, uh, uh, but you know what, it's worth it. And I think that's what I want people out there to hear that it's worth standing up for truth is worth it. And it's always worth fighting for what is right. Um, you know, the the crash course. So in the book, I really wanted to put together, um, you know, if I can be so bold to say this, a definitive guide to wokeism in the church. Uh, I've been indebted to a lot of the uh, uh, brilliant minds out there who have written about wokeism in the past and critical theory. You know, I think about guys like James Lindsay or Michael Fallon, both who are friends of mine, uh, who have done some incredible work, you know, speaking on these subjects that uh, I feel like I've been able to stand on the backs of giants, you know, with some of their writings. Um, but I really have seen a lot of resources for kind of the broader conversation of wokeism more in the political arena. But I haven't seen a lot of people take the time to kind of build out the progression of how it's come into Christianity specifically, not just against Christianity, but it's it's been a Trojan horse that's kind of presented itself within the church. And so that's really what I wanted to uh, to set out, because if Christians don't understand this, if they if they just ignore this topic, they don't wrap their mind around it, we're going to struggle to be able to refute it and defend it uh, or defend the faith against it. And so uh, I start with really understanding some of the Gnostic roots to wokeism, that this is this is kind of an ancient heresy in a lot of ways that, uh, you know, one of the first heresies to face the church was Gnosticism and kind of this higher knowledge. It was focused on, you know, kind of being uh, awake to the systemic oppression that man had been created and subjected to. So we're seeing sort of this neo-Gnostic framework for it. Uh, and then from there, we go into sort of uh, some views that came after the Enlightenment. Uh, a lot of um, where we've gotten to today, it's because, uh, and I, I will say this, that a lot of heresy and false beliefs come from a imbalance between the humanity and divinity of Christ. If you elevate Jesus's divinity over his humanity, you can find error there. If you elevate his humanity above his divinity, you find a lot of error there. And so we have to recognize that Christ is both God and man. Um, progressive Christianity, starting after the Enlightenment, and you know at that time it wasn't called progressive Christianity, but but sort of this this birth of liberal theology that came out was focused on Jesus as the man. It was a time where uh, reason and logic reigned supreme, and people were moving away from the idea of the miraculous. They were focused on science and Darwin and Hegel and Kant and these different thinkers, and the miraculous really didn't fit into that spectrum. So they started elevating the humanity of Christ, downplaying uh, a lot of the miracles in the Bible as myth or or some sort of fable that it came out to it. And at that time, it was one of the first times that that the word of God became separated. 
They separated aspects that they believed were true from other parts that they believed were false. And they, they for the first time, the church held sort of this diminished view of scripture. And we see that carry through into wokeism today, specifically Christian wokeism, where one of the fundamental things that you'll hold that they hold to is they don't believe any longer that the Bible is the inspired and errant word of God. And that makes it very easy to kind of twist verses or or just you know, frankly, cross out verses that that doesn't apply or that's context or whatever. I don't have to follow that because the Bible isn't really the authoritative word of God. So it's it's easy to sort of then choose your own theology or choose your own belief system in order to get there. So of course, from there, it, it migrated into liberation theology in the 1950s in the Catholic Church, eventually into black liberation theology in, in the Af some of the African-American churches in the U.S., uh, uh, critical birth, the critical race theory. And then, you know, from there, we really see the social justice movement, um, you know, seeker sensitive movement, these things that eventually give rise to kind of this, this uh, um, you know, this new age that we're living in of the Christian left or progressive Christianity that has really, a, you know, holds Jesus as a man, as a good example, but not really as God. Um, and and they have adopted the left, the radical left's view of sexuality, gender, marriage, et cetera, and abandoned the biblical perspective uh, for that. And it's sort of a choose your own adventure in many ways. Choose your own adventure. Yeah, it's you know okay. those those books when you're a kid you go through and you kind of yeah. you know if you go this way you go this way that's kind of how they view their faith. It's like it's like make that, your you own know, religion. Yeah, it's make your own religion. Whatever whatever you want to do, whatever this verse means to you, you just embrace your truth. And so we see a lot of that. And, and of course, it's masked by this idea of justice. You know that that um, really you know if you understand God that you understand that you know Jesus was an immigrant and G you know so therefore we have to have open borders and 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 if you understand you know Scripture you understand that you know Jesus I mean there, there's if people there's you know TikTok personalities proposing that Jesus was potentially gay or trans himself because he wore a tunic and that's a lot like a dress. I mean, that was like a serious video that went viral on TikTok. And I because he it. called John, you know, my beloved, that, that he's probably gay. And so of course, Jesus is trans affirming as a result of this. And so, you know, these things are completely antithetical to scripture. We can go verse by verse through the Bible and see scripture that opposes these ideas. Um, but they've really, you know, they've, they, it's yeah, all in the name. If you can take scripture out of the Bible, if you can say, well, yeah. that scripture doesn't matter. This is the one that I'm going to, you know, not even this is the one that I'm going to, to adhere to. I'm going to take this scripture and interpret it this way and yes. ignore the other ones. Then that makes it easy. I it, wanted, it makes it I, very easy. I wanted to step back to enlightenment because I, I, I want you to, to tie this in for us. The enlightenment was the time that that humanity decided that humanity was pretty smart. Yeah. We knew a lot, right? And so we shifted our focus away from God, the source of wisdom, right? And we became the source of wisdom, yeah. right? 100%, 100%. It was, it, and look, there were a lot of discoveries happening during that time period. And so you understand the temptation. They, they felt like, you know, it, it's not unlike our modern age, which I think is one reason why we're seeing a resurgence of this, you know, because of technology, because of, you know, AI now, because of all these different things that we have, you know, you have this tendency to feel like we've arrived, there's not much else to know, like we figured it all out. And they were at kind of a similar spot during the Enlightenment, where the, the known knowledge that was available at that time they had a pretty good handle of, or at least so much they thought. And there were a lot of writers and philosophers and thinkers that came out of that. Of course, Kant, Immanuel Kant and Hegel uh, were very, you know, a primary in that. Uh, a lot of this was was based in uh, German uh, philosophers and theologians were very central during that time period. Uh, and you can make a direct line from these sort of post-Enlightenment thinkers and theologians 
even to Aryan Christianity in Nazi Germany. I mean, the, this, the ideas that came, and not that, not that the people during the Enlightenment had that viewpoint, but they, they, those, those ideas were leveraged by, you know, evil men like Hitler to try to justify the direction that they went. Hitler, Hitler spoke a lot about Jesus in his book, Table Talk, uh, which is like 900 pages of just Hitler rambling about all these topics. He talks about God, the Apostle Paul, about Christ. And his ideas about these things were very based upon this human Jesus. He saw Jesus as uh, they, the Germans called him the, um, the, the Jew destroyer. They saw that he was the one that kind of stood against, um, you know, Judaism and during the first century, and he was countered to this. And so they are, they are therefore following in the image of Christ by being countered to Judaism, you know, uh, in their day. And so you see these ideas, they're the distortions that come out of this, and it's all rooted in this false concept of Jesus that came from, you're right, this, this, uh, um, this you know, sort of, uh, um, you know, overconfidence in man's own ability, knowledge. Uh, um, you know, uh, 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 and just intellect in that in that time. Yeah, you say that very well. I think that um, a lot of people, because because of the way that we teach or don't teach, I should say, history, people don't really recognize or or have never been exposed to the idea that Hitler, his book Mein Kampf, was intended to replace the Bible in yeah. the churches in Germany. Yeah. That was his intention. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. So he he viewed himself as the the new messiah mm -hmm. for Germany. Yeah. You know, look, and I, this is this is a um, you know, whether whether we're gonna get to this later or not, I think it's probably a good time to bring it up with this is we hear today, you know, if if you hold to the Bible, if you believe in evangelism, if you love Jesus and you love America, the the media is gonna call you a Christian nationalist. And and of course there are conservatives you know who have kind of I'm gonna pause you right there. Yeah. We are gonna take a quick break because that, that is a whole other okay, let's sort get of realm to it. Yeah, that yeah. I do wanna get into. So when we come back with Lucas Miles, we're talking about uh woke Jesus. And um, his new book, Woke Jesus. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about Christian nationalism and being right wing and all of that sort of all the baggage that comes with that. Let's do it. Quick after this break. Thanks so much. Stay tuned. 50% of kids will be exposed to porn by the age of 13, and 78% of high schoolers admit to online porn usage. What can you do? Get Canopy. Canopy is an app that installs on your phone, Android or iPhone. Um, Chromebook or MacBook or whatever, and it will actively prevent pornographic imagery from popping up on the phone. It actually filters it in real time. It can prevent sexting. It can prevent so much and protect your kids. Remember, when you give your kids a device, you are allowing the internet to have access to them. So postpone that for as long as you can, but when you have to do it, when you feel compelled, get Canopy. And if you go to Canopy and you use the code SAM20, you'll save 20% off lifetime discount on your subscription. Go to samsorbo.com for more information and uh, use the discount code SAM20 to save 20%. Thanks. All right, look at that. I've got Lucas Miles here with me and uh, we're talking about his new book, which I have right here, Woke Jesus. It's actually a beautiful cover. Um, and I like, uh, you know, before we get into the Christian nationalism, talk to me about the color scheme that you chose here for your, yeah, for you know, your... I, I wanted something really bold and, it, you know, although we're not marketing, this as a, as a sequel to my last book, the Christian left, 
I do see, you know, there's a connection between them. And I think that people that are under that, that read the Christian left, of course, I, I you know, I hope that they're going to find this as well and vice versa. Um, and I like this sort of reverse, uh, uh, this negative fill of Christ that we see there, because I think it's, it's almost this, this sort of bizarro Christ that the world is offering, you know, it's this alternative, you know, we're, we're in a day and age where, you know, you can't just rely on somebody saying, I follow Jesus because you have to, oh. you almost have to ask. Well, which Jesus do you follow? Yes. You know, in what do, way do you, yeah. do you mean that? I mean, you think about this. We have we have the Aryan Christ. We have the Black Christ of liberation theology. You have you have kind of the 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 Christ of um, progressive Christianity, or or you know, oftentimes kind of critical queer theory Christ. That's you know, rainbow at, uh, attired and everything else. Um, you know, you have all these different you know manifestations. You see uh, legalistic fundamentalist Jesus. You know, and and what I'm interested in is I'm interested in the biblical Christ. I want to know who does what does Scripture present Jesus as? Who do we find there? And ultimately, who's the Christ that we actually meet, who indwells on the inside of us through the power of the Holy Spirit, and and that is our Savior. You know, he's not just the great social organizer, he's the savior of the world. So we wanted to kind of capture this uh, um, uh, this distorted view on the cover. And and I just love the bold, well, it, clean font. And it's the it's the colors of the left. Yes, 100%. It's socialism, Marxism, you know, we see right. that. Yeah. So, but I do like this sort of negative, it's a negative of, in the in the photographic sense, it's the negative yeah. of Christ, um, which is which is really a lovely kind of a, a statement with this with the hammer and the sickle. You got to point that out. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So talk to me about this um, associating Christianity or or being Christian in the United States today with being a Nazi. Yeah. You know the the neo Nazi whatever. Talk to me about that. You know, so uh, there was one individual I think was at least on the front side of this. His name was Andrew Whitehead. He wrote a book on um, on on kind of white Christianity and. And he really addressed what he called the dangers of Christian nationalism and some of the markers that he gave of, of who is a Christian nationalist. What do you look for? It was, you know, he literally mentioned soccer moms. He mentions if you voted for Trump, if you believe in the return of Jesus, uh, if you believe in evangelism, uh, if you if you say the Pledge of Allegiance, all of these things are markers of you might be a Christian nationalist. These are like legitimate like stats that he gives or or, or you know, descriptors in his book. And and so it's interesting when you see that it be, he basically describes almost every single Bible believing evangelical. It's which lucky to he's not bigoted at all. Oh right, yes, yeah. And to that I go, aha, uh -huh, because I think he's <laughs> trying to describe every Bible believing evangelical. The left wants to present evangelicals. The term Christian nationalist is has been used and is being used as a dog whistle, and it is blowing the whistle uh, to get people to associate evangelical Christian, Bible-believing Christian, Christ follower, with this idea of Christian nationalists, because Christian nationalists, in, mo in many people's minds, takes them back to Nazi Germany, as we were talking about. And so there is this connection that the media and that the left, the radical left, is trying to make between Christians and, and Nazi Germany. And to which I say in the book, let's talk about that. Let's, let's unpack who in Nazi Germany were Christian nationalists? Now, some of my conservative brothers and sisters have taken a different stance on this. I like to go with the historical model because I think it is better than the political uh, options that I see today. 
So historically, in Nazi Germany, there were two main churches. There was what was known as the professing church, which Dietrich Bonhoeffer and Karl Barth and other uh, well-known, you know, evangelical, uh, con- you know, Christians, we could call them more, more like the conservative mind to- of today, uh, were part of. And then we see uh, what was known as the German church or became known as the German Nazified church. Uh, our friend Eric Metaxas has written a lot about, uh, you know, some of this in the past. But the, uh, you know, in Nazi Germany, the professing church, like Bonhoeffer, they took a stance hard on the word of God. They said, we are going to follow scripture. We're not going to malign it. We're not going to distort it. We're not going to, you know, uh, um, uh, um, you know, twist it in any way. And if that contradicts the politic of the day or the, the Third Reich, so be it. We're standing on the side of the word of God. And they took a hard stance. And many of these individuals were persecuted alongside of the Jews in concentration camps, went to gas chambers because they stood strong in their faith. They proclaimed Jesus no matter what. That was what the Bible-believing Christian looked like in Nazi Germany, and they paid the many of them paid the price for it. The, the German church, on the other hand, was the church that when we think of Christian nationalism, that was the German Nazified church. What did they do? They, they gave up the, as you mentioned earlier, they gave up the Bible for Mein Kampf. They gave up the cross for the swastika. They bowed down to the agenda of the Third Reich. And they became a, a, a sort of a propaganda center for Hitler's, you know, uh, a message and minions to be able to carry out these things. They looked the other way when they're when other, you know, uh, uh, their their fellow, you know, uh, uh, Germans were being, you know, uh, sent to the, their death on the trains, you know, to the camps and the, the gas chambers and everything else. And and so I, I ask, where, place that in America today for me. Who is willing to abandon their biblical worldview in order to take up the agenda of the state? It's not the Bible-believing Christian. It's not the evangelical who loves Jesus. It's the Christian left. The Christian left has exchanged the biblical worldview for the doctrine of the state. There's virtually no difference between what what a progressive Christian uh, um, thinks about marriage, sexuality, gender, um, scripture, you know, any of those things, truth. Uh, than what the current administration thinks about gender, sexuality, all these things. So so to me, my pushback is I believe that the true Christian nationalists, if we're going to use that in a derogatory sense, is the church of the left. And because they have bowed down to the state. And I I don't know one Christian that even if their favorite politician, you know, you see, obviously, everybody's talking about Trump, Trump and DeSantis right now. And I don't want to make that about this. But but, you know, it doesn't matter if a politician came to me, even somebody who I liked and said, Lucas, you know what? Hey, I appreciate you. But, you know, we got to tone down this Bible stuff because we got to. Sorry, bud. You know, I, I I liked you. I voted for you. But if you're going to call me to do that, I will abandon you in a heartbeat because I will never abandon the word of God. And and the left has has the opposite perspective. They have abandoned the word of God in order to follow the party and to toe that line. And and you know what I present in the book is that the left is actually the true. They are the true Christian nationalists in this nation. There you go. That's very well said. I got it. I got to hand that to you. Um, what bothers me, I think, is another sort of history lesson: is after World War II, the communists sat in judgment over the Nazis. And that allowed the commies to sort of differentiate themselves from the National yeah. Socialists of Germany. And that party was the National Socialists. Yes. But yeah, what the communists point. did was they branded Nazism as nationalism, not yes. as socialism, which is an enormous mistake. And yeah, so it, now, so for some reason, nationalism, that word nationalism, is tinged with this, oh, Mein Kampf, like, oh, you're national, you're, you're <laughs> absolutely you know, right. Right. And so, so when they say nationalistic, 
what they're meaning is socialist yeah. because they don't understand that there was a little bit of a bait and switch there. hundred percent. No, I, I think that and this is, I mean, and I know this has been a major, a major, you know, kind of platform for you is because we're not teaching history anymore because this next generation does not know these stories and these accounts. I mean, even myself, like I, I felt like I had a pretty good public education. I grew up at a time where there was still, there was still, you know, a lot of, and there's still good teachers today, but they're harder to find like good pastors. <laughs> uh, um, but you know, it was a time where I feel like I had a lot of great teachers, but when I think about the history lessons that I learned, there are so many things that I felt like I missed that I've gone back and had to relearn as an adult and go back to source material and do that work. Uh, because I think many of these things were not, they've not been taught in the school systems for a very long time. And well, and I it, think- it, I'm sorry to interrupt, no, go but ahead, it's please. so interesting that we think that our education is sort of finished and that we're going back <laughs> yes. to sort of augment it when we really shouldn't even have that attitude. And the that is actually an indictment of our, yes. of our schools, right? Yeah, so, you kind of get to know, a point where you've arrived and you, right, you know, you've got it all now they, and you don't have to they, learn and, anything. And by the way, like I'm there, I'm with you. I'm like a hundred percent with you. That's not a criticism. It's just yeah. this, this observation that, you know, we, we both grew up in that same system. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't call it public school. I call it government school, but you know, same <laughs> diff. and, and yeah, you think, you think, well, I should have had all my history, you know, yeah. by the time I finished 12th grade and boy, I didn't get anything. Uh, it's absurd. <laughs> yeah. So no, I'm sure so, you so did true. a lot of research for this book and, and even, even doing this book, you, you learned some things that you probably didn't know, right? Yeah. I mean, it's been, I've, I've really fallen in love with, uh, with history, with church history, especially, um, you know, and I think that, uh, uh, you know, I, I tried to make this book approachable for somebody if they are new to the topic. Uh, and I give actually in the front of the book a couple different ways to read it. The first half of the book is very heavy on the history side, where the second half is a little bit more pastoral voice. So if somebody's right in the thick of this and they're just like, hey, I need help on how to deal with this, I kind of give them permission as the as the author to say, jump to this section and start there if you need to, and then nice. come back to the history later on. Um, because it is there, the history of this is robust. I mean, I, I wish it was just one simple story that you could say, this is where wokeism came from, but it, it's developed and snowballed, you know, over the, really the centuries to get us to where we're, we're at today. And the, the, here's the danger. Okay. It, it's, if, if we don't deal with this now in our generation, where does this go? You know, I, I know that, you know, probably any of us that are over 40 that we could go, I never thought it would get like this. Right. Uh, but the reality is in 10 years, if something doesn't change, we're going to be going, okay, it was bad 10 years ago. I never thought it would get this bad, you know? And there's so many people that are just kind of like, they're just starting to wake up to the idea that like, hey, this is serious. It's not just a political difference. This, to me, this isn't even political anymore. It is it is changing the nature, the reality of freedom, of existence together in a nation, of 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 what is truth. All of these things are at stake and we have to wake up to this. And as Christians, it, you know, I believe that God, you know, wins in the end and his return, Christ is victorious. We go to heaven, all of those things. But that doesn't mean in the meantime that the gospel is always going to thrive in America. And if we want to see the church continue to thrive and continue to be part of, of you know, really uh, uh, essentially, you know, uplifting Christ and occupying until he comes, then, you know, we as believers have some work to do in partnering with God in that and really continuing to stand for the truth during this time. Well, I think you just said it right there. Occupy until he comes. It's not for us to sort of sit back and go, well, I know how the story ends. So I'll just, you know, I'll yeah. sit on the sidelines and see what happens. Um, we are called yeah. to occupy. And um, there is a there is a war of worldviews right now. It's a religious war. 
that's happening in this nation. Just because they don't call it a religion doesn't mean it isn't one. Yep. And yep. it's taking over the church. And if you notice, wokeism has its own sort of martyrs. It has mm-hmm. its it has its acolyte its its uh, acolytes. It it has its the ways that it worships. I mean, it is a religion. Yeah, and those, those just, martyrs are made saints. You know, they're they're put on T-shirts. They're they're remembered and uplifted in that way, regardless of how they lived on this earth. It's it's just you know they're utilized and uh, it has its own you know symbols, whether that be lifting a fist or bowing a knee, or uh, has its own you know kind of colors and flags that go with it. Uh, I, I think this is a great point because my personal belief is that until uh, um, the greatest way to defeat wokeism, I guess I'll say this, is if we can actually get it recognized at a at a um, uh, you know sort of a Supreme Court level as a religion. Because right now, what we have is government-sponsored religion, and it's called wokeism, and it's in the schools, and it's in the institutions, and it's in the, the, the state house. And until we really recognize that that is a religion that's being promoted and giving preference to over Christianity or over Judaism or over Islam or something else, and I think every religion needs to get involved in this conversation because this isn't just affecting Christianity, it's affecting every, you know, look, I believe Christianity is true and the only way, you know, to the Father, but 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 I think that just from a religious freedom standpoint, whether you're an atheist or a Muslim, you should be against the way in which wokeism is being used as a government-sponsored state religion, and we have to do the work to actually unpack it as a religion and to get people to recognize that. That's probably going to take some giant court battle, you know, to to make that happen. But if that can happen, uh, I, I, we're actually going to have you know the constitutional uh, um, you know abilities to be able to push back on this and limit where it can be shared and where it can't be. Yeah, I think um, the opening salvo in that battle, I think, could be at the school level because yeah. of the recent rulings in the Supreme Court. Um, it's There was one up in Maine, and the Supreme Court weighed in where they really didn't have a place to weigh in, but they weighed in anyway. And they said you cannot withhold funds from a religious school if you are doling out funds for government schools. Mm. And yeah. I think the argument can be made that they are putting government on an equal standing with religion. Yeah. yeah. I, and I so think it's once a great you point. do that, and it is basically, they're teaching the religion of government in the schools. And it just so happens that the that the best religion for government to survive is socialism, communism. Yeah. Because yeah. government wants power. That's yeah. That's its- yeah. It, it, it's self-promoting in that sense. You know, those those things it reinforces the uh, uh the nucleus, you know, if you will. Yeah, exactly. So I I would I'm I'm I don't know how to make that happen. I would love to see that happen. I would love to see somebody challenge at the level of the Supreme Court or, or at any court that well, you hopefully know, we got some major uh, um, conservative attorneys listening to this right now and we help trigger an idea there. But uh, if there's if there's a fight for that, count me in. And uh, I think it's a very, very important thing for us to look at. Yeah, because right now our government is anti-Christian. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a very true. dangerous thing for for any religion, for the government to be against your religion, which is frankly what happened in Nazi Germany. And in yeah. fact, they they locked up Bonhoeffer, and sadly he was he was. Uh, can I say he was martyred? Yeah, I think that's fair. I, mean, I think it's fair. Two weeks before um, before Hitler uh, lose lost the war, I should say. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Lucas Miles, where can people find the book? Absolutely. So uh, they can head over to uh, wherever books are sold, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books a Million. They can uh, pre-order a copy there, or you can head over to lucasmiles.org and uh, order a copy direct from us. 
You know what? I'm an idiot because my husband did endorse this book. He's on the he, back. He did. He got Pope back Jesus covered. provides us with the historical facts, facts and biblical insight necessary to dismantle the lies of wokeism, as well as offer a solution to eradicate it, rooted in a true understanding of truth, justice, and freedom in Christ. This is a must-read for every Bible-believing American. So, egg on my face. <laughs> but you should absolutely go pick up a copy of this book. Uh, it will bless you because what you'll start to realize is just how prevalent wokeism. Yeah. You, we don't even realize the small, um, the the tiny little uh, uh, compromises that we make every day, and yeah. we really have to watch against those because it's a slippery slope. And then pretty soon, you're not saying things that you ought to be able to say out loud. You're yeah. you're not doing things that you ought to feel comfortable doing, and yeah, that's I've... how they that's how they win. By the way. Um, I'm, sh I'm sure you know this, but for my audience, um, the reason that things are political is to get you to shut up. The reason that abortion is a political issue is so that you'll shut up about it. Because abortion's not political. Abortion is a moral issue. It's an issue of life and death, but it's not political. It's only politicized in order to get you to shut up. Yeah, that's how they win. So true. So true. So government versus Christianity, you should, you should do a new book and call it government versus Christianity. I'll, I'll look forward to that one. <laughs> I like it. I like it. We'll make sure you get to do a cover endorsement on that one. Ah, oh, you're sweet. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the program and uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks, Take Sam. Care. This is the Sam Sorbo show. Thanks so much for tuning in.